Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I tried all kind of ways to try to practice how I was going to have this conversation with you, what I was going to call him, how, what's the most respectful way to be disrespectful and still be in alignment with God and still not kind of portray the wrong message. I tried to make sure I dot my I's and cross my T's, but the truth of the matter is, I got to be honest, I need to take off that outfit. I don't operate well in that. I just don't. So I want to talk to you, and the only reason I'm using this term is because, A, I don't want to say his name, and B, it's going to take forever to keep saying biological, blah, blah, blah. So I want to have a very, very unveiled, candid situation right now this minute, a conversation simply about my father. I don't, I don't know another way to do it except just from the heart, and that's what I want to do. I don't want to practice it. I don't want to say it in the mirror. I don't want to write down points. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to have a straight no chaser. It's coming from my soul. It's coming from my heart. This is just what it is, okay? So if you got to put me on, I don't know what you need to do, but I'm going to try not to scream and go extra ham, and I'm going to try not to get emotional because that's not my truth. But just know my disclaimer is, and the reason for me wanting to have this conversation is, I feel like with this whole thing of like mental health and making sure you take care of yourself, that there's not a lot of truth in that practice. Meaning, I don't feel that people understand the true value of eliminating toxic situations. And no one can identify what toxic really is to you except you. For some, it may be physical abuse. For others, it's like, yo, I don't want to keep arguing with you, so that's verbal abuse. It may be emotional, whatever it is, but I think a large portion of this whole wave of the mental health and making sure you take care of yourself and all the other stuff and is just being honest with yourself. And so my honesty moment, my truth is I ended all pursuit of trying to learn my father, know him, and everything else at the age of 30. And I posed the question to myself. I'm not even going to hold you because I do a lot of self-evaluating and kind of just like, you know, how would you handle that? Because life kind of, every now and then it taps you on your shoulder and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Ooh, wasn't expecting that. But I feel like God does some pre-work to try to make you aware that there's going to be some stuff coming forward. I just want you to go ahead and be aware of that. But with that's just not a oh I want you to be aware it's also a I want you to come up with a game plan with me and so the question that I felt posed to myself was let's say within the next five to ten years I reach a certain level of success or notoriety or whatever and my father decided hey I want to get to know you with me being this person that is, you know, teaching people to be them best selves and I want to strive to inspire and blase blue, what is the best option and the best answer and the best road to take? And so I had to split that into two things. I said, one, I'm always going to stay true to me and me first because as long as I'm staying true to me, and of course, putting God first above all things, then everything else got, got to take a hit. It just has to. Because at one point I was like, wait a minute, are you trying to make decisions so that whatever you decided to do in your professional life, 
it kind of aligns. Like, are you trying to be two different people? Wasn't that the very thing that I said I would never do? And this is me talking to me. I was like, no, no, no. Never will there ever be a situation ever where it's like, oh, but that's the best decision to make because of your profession. No, I don't want to be two different people. If I see that there's an area in me that needs to be adjusted, I want to adjust myself wholly, not just in one categorized area. So, no, I'm not going to make a decision that looks good for my professional because, to me, your professional bleeds over with your personal. That's why there's so many scandals and everything else in, in certain places of work because people have poor personal lives and they try to polish up their professional lives and that's just not something I'm subscribing to so if my name is on that catalog list cross me out because I'm never going to do it so that was my first step I was like uh-uh we're not separating the two <laughs> we're just not and so my truth is and I wanted you to hear it from me first so that if it ever happened again I can go ahead and just redirect you and anyone else to this conversation because this is my truth and no one's going to be able to taint my truth my truth is I have exhausted all options to try to mend something that never started and here's what I mean by that I can remember as a child feeling like maybe he didn't stay around because I was a girl because I have no recollection of this man. I know that there was a picture or two with me sitting in his lap at the age of like two. So maybe he did the I'm coming by the birthday party real quick cheese and then I'm leaving. But I have no memories, no pictures, no nothing of him. And even that looked like it was a sneak picture. Like sit her on your lap, say cheese. And I was just looking like, huh? And he gave a few molars, but I was still confused because clearly I was two. And that's what happens when you're two. But I have no recollect. So as far as I was concerned all throughout my life, I've never met him. I don't know him. I I think I seen him in passing at one point, but it was never confirmed on who he was. And so I remember crying like he heavily all throughout my life, my childhood, my teenage. It was terrible because I just wanted to know why this man did not want to know me. And so the only thing that pacified me at that time was, well, maybe it was because I wasn't a boy. And so the kicker for me was, but I had a very close relationship with my nanny. You know my nanny, the one that at the end of my conversations I say, all right. Yet her, her son is my father. And so all my life I've known nanny. She, day one, if you will, like the streets say. But I never knew him. And so it was really confused. Can you imagine how that felt to go to her house every weekend, every other weekend? She was there all my graduations. Nanny has not missed a beat. I'm talking about dictionary grandmother. You're hungry. What you doing? Buying you undergarments. It's embarrassing. Nanny, I'm 30, but you still going to get this these panties because it was a sale at Macy's. Okay, because I can't tell you what to do. Got to respect my elders. Okay, great. But graduations my my children's life I mean a one grandmothership like platinum <laughs> like if I had to give her an award it would be such but did not know her son and so when I'm going over to her house on the weekend and every other weekend or however often I went it was all the time I would see pictures of him and 
I remember crying over a picture one day or just looking at it because she had, you know, old school, we had the, the bookcase where the TV was. And right above it, the TV was a picture of him. So I guess she thought I was looking at TV, but I was just staring at him, trying to process the other incompleted side of me. Like, oh, I think I have his top lip. Hmm, okay, great. And kind of swapping out features and things. Again, trying to piece together who am I? Because that is a detriment, especially to a young girl, especially to a young girl who did not have a successful or positive relationship with her mother. So I very much wanted to know, well, maybe maybe you're the parent I would have gotten along with. And, and I would like to know you. So when she's thinking I'm watching TV, I'm staring at this picture, I'm crying, and you know what she would do? She would put the picture face down and say, well, I don't know what you're looking at that for anyway. Now, let me give you a little backdrop on my nanny because I don't want to be out here talking about nobody's grandbaby in the wrong space. My grandmother has the heart of gold. But if I had to fuse together two components that created her just to give you a little bit of a backdrop, it would be passiveness meets avoidance. And sometimes that came off like rudeness and just negative. In that space... Being a child, hearing her say, well, I don't know why you're sitting there looking at that anyway, came off as, wow. And I cried. Being older now, more seasoned, and having have gathered some more information about her, that was her way of trying to avoid the situation. I get it now, but I didn't then. I remember asking Nanny because she would be on the phone with him when I would go over there. But it wasn't the disrespectful, <laughs> what you say? Like, she didn't want me to know she was on the phone. But when her phone rung, I heard her whisper, you know, she's over here this weekend, so I'll call you back. And I was like, bro, I'm here. I don't, you know, that was just crazy to me. And to top it off, I went down to go visit my aunt when I was 14 in Georgia, which made me want to move down here later, so it was a purpose in that. But you know how old school back in the days when you would pick up one phone in a home, if you picked up another phone located somewhere else in the home, yeah, I would be on the same line. So, like, if you picked up, you would have to say, it's for me, I got it. You're like, oh, okay, and you would hang up. Or if, if you were speaking to somebody and it was like, let me speak to your mother, you'd be like, hold on, my pick up. Remember back in the day? <laughs> right. So I was upstairs. She was downstairs. The phone rung. I picked up. I heard her say again, she picks up the phone, so we'll call you. And that tainted my view on my nanny probably for the rest of my life. Probably for the rest of my life. Because at that point, she was very much aware that I wanted to know my father. She was very much aware that that was an incomplete space for me. I was crying all the time. I was, it just was really, really bad for me. And so the switch that happened for me at that point was she doesn't want you to know him either. She's actually helping him not be in your life. And so she became the enemy to me. It, it was like, oh, you know what? All this anger, sadness, everything that I've been feeling, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just transfer that real quick over to your account because, yeah, I, I think I'm clear on what's really happening here. Because my mother tried to pacify me also. It was, uh, I remember going to my grandmother's house, and I'm like, who's that? And I would see a picture of a light-skinned child, and I'm like, wait a minute, it kind of looks like him. What, what's going on? Hold on, who's that? And I don't remember if she said it was your sister or she just blatantly said their name, but she eventually let me know, yeah, your father had another child. 
And so I went home crying. I'm like, he had another kid. And my mother's pacification to me was, it's okay. He's trying to work for that boy, and God's not going to bless him with no boy because he didn't do right by you. And in an odd, peculiar way, it worked. That pacifier worked for me. Indeed it did. I was like, okay, that made me feel a little bit good. Like, well, maybe he see that he's doing wrong and he'll want to come back, you know, double back, circle back real quick and get to know me. Until a year or two later, he had another girl. And so now I'm scratching my head. I'm like, well, how come he's staying for those two girls and not this girl referring to me? And so I was like, huh, okay. Went back, did the same crying spell. Mother gave me the same pacifier. She's like, he's not going to get no boy. Until about two years later (laughs) he had a boy and I was like wait a minute and doesn't that hurt sidebar real quick doesn't it hurt to see the person who's hurting you get blessed with the thing that you felt like they didn't deserve doesn't that just feel like God you're supposed to be hitting them with lightning not blessings what happened did the ing get mixed up lightning blessing like did you want me I can sort it out for you I can pray this prayer real quick so you can sort it out I don't really and and that was just like huh so I tried the next best thing again bless the younger me for just making all attempts to be attached to something that was a leech anyway but I digress um wrote a letter and was like nanny can you give me his address so I can write it to him and she was like well let me ask him if he's okay with that and then you know I'll go so you know she kind of strayed that along again premium avoidance finally fast forward to give me the letter that you wrote and then I will mail it to him so then what's my mother I was like why are they doing that and she was like he doesn't want you to have his address I'm like now, mind you, in this time, my mother is hiring um, private investigators. She's trying to find, because he went to a whole different state. So, we, you know, it was like blues clues, like trying to find Waldo. That thing was difficult. And so with Nanny telling me, okay, you give me the letter, I'll mail it to him, I equated that to he's finally going to get to know me. So I poured everything into that letter. I poured, you know, I just always wonder. And I I mean, I was crying. I was taking breaks. I was just like, and probably at that time of writing it, I had to be probably in middle school, I want to say. Yeah, possibly in middle school. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is going to be great. And so as an excited child, because that was like the next best thing from Christmas, I'm calling her every so often. I'm like, did you mail it? Did you mail it? She's like, no, not yet. No, not yet. Then she finally told me, well, he didn't want me to mail it to him. Um, I tried to read it over the phone to him. And I'm like, oh, phenomenal. I don't care. You know what? Best next thing. He gets real time emotion so he can hear it in his mother's voice. Cool. Okay. What did he say? And she was like, he didn't want he didn't want me to read the rest and I'm like what do you mean he didn't want you now again to give you a little bit more backdrop my maternal grandmother is about that business she had I guess I don't know if she was because she's from Alabama or if it was because she had nine kids but my grandmother just had the like my maternal grandmother we called her mama mama wasn't about that life she told my aunt at 40 something I'll slap the taste out your mouth and my aunt sat down like she was too like "Mm, okay yes (laughs) ma'am so to hear my paternal grandmother nanny say 
he told me he didn't want me to read it and and you stopped reading it bruh no 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 comprehend I didn't understand that so it even furthered and further fed the narrative through the lens that I believed you are helping him stay away from me oh you're you're helping this out it clearly because from the premise that I have of what grandmother should be the idea of I have of what a mother should be as much as my grandmother loves me mama she would have forced if it was flipped if my father was her son oh no <laughs> No, no, no. It wouldn't have been. It would have been. Hold on, real quick. Get in here. And pick up this phone. It, it just would have been. So, I say all that to say, I continued on. Not only my anger for nanny, but my search for this man. I wanted to know him. I lived in New York. He lived in Maryland. I wanted to know him. I'm like, it's a four-hour drive. For whatever the reason, at 19. I don't know what it was, but I know that I tried again when I got my own cell phone. I called Nanny. I said, hey, this is my cell phone number. If it's just a matter of him not wanting to call my house phone number and then kind of, you know, speak to my mother, you know, he could speak to me directly. I gave it a cell phone number. She was like, all right, I'll give it to him, but I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, great. That went forward. Nothing, nothing came of that. For whatever the reason, at 19, he decided, okay, I'll go ahead and talk to her. And I and it was at work at that because I was just like, I don't want to wait to say, oh, I'm at work. I'll call you. No, I don't want to take this conversation right here, right now, because what if he changes his mind? You know what I'm saying? And so I had all the questions. Why weren't you there? His answer was, you know, just young and dumb and scared, which was disheartening. Can I just admit that now? You had 19 years to come up with a great answer. And you gave me the cliche, we could have found it on Maury statement. Like, that's what every deadbeat father says. You know, dumb full of, you know, so that's what you gave me. But you know what? At that point, <laughs> I was thirsty. He was feeding me, whatever. And it was, it was clenching my thirst. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, my next question to him was, did you two lose your virginities to each other? And he was like, yeah, we did. Because in my head, I wanted to connect. Then why didn't you see me as something special, right? Like, I know the virginity baby, but still, like, you know, it was a, I don't know, I connected that different. Maybe because I connected to my emotions. I don't know. Next question was, and I just went on a series of questions. Just, did you ever want to know me? And he was like, I did, but, you know, I felt like, your mother and my mother did a good job in making sure that you stayed on track. And again, nothing that now that I think of it satisfied my whatever. It was just I I didn't want to make the conversation difficult for him because I didn't want him to be like, you know what, that's exactly why I didn't want to talk to her. So I kept it real light, which was the other reason why I also made sure that I did have that conversation at work because I knew I wasn't going to change my octave. I wasn't going to show out because I had to keep a professional stance. So professional stance meets I don't want to push him away. I kept it real like, okay, I can understand that. And I remember telling him, I don't care about 19 years, but I do care about the years that you give me going forward. I really want to know you. Okay, cool. I remember him one, he said that he was coming to New York for a wedding for someone that he went to school with. It was a four hour drive. I was super excited. 
I'm like, cause at this point I'm mailing pictures to him and I'm like, okay, great. And I was living with my cousin at the time in Brooklyn. So I'm like, okay, can you come to her house? And you would have thought I was getting ready to meet the president. I was like washing up and it's my hair and doing all kind of stuff. And when I saw him, it was everything. I was just, I was in tears again, trying to hold back my emotion cause I didn't want to scare him off. And so the only thing that I knew to do was to go grab all my photo albums and just bring it to him. And I'm showing him pictures like this is this is my um I was five in that picture and I think I was about six months there and and he would and just showing him everything and what he said to me was wow you look so much like me it's like looking at my baby pictures and I'm like you think so and he's like absolutely and so it, I mean. <laughs> That was Christmas to my ears. You see what I'm saying? I was just like, okay, so because my thing was, was he not around because he didn't think I was his child? But that was the reason for me asking him the virginity question. You see what I'm saying? It was like, did you think it was somebody else's? It's like, no, we lost our virginity to each other. Okay, cool. Okay, so now that we got all these confirmational pieces, maybe he will stay around. And so fast forward, very incomplete. I had my son at 21. He did send a package to my son. He sent like an overall, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. And like a little box of like little clothing and stuff. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh. I remember it. It was corduroy overalls that when you folded over, it was black. But when you folded over, it was like that plaid. I don't know the proper name for that plaid. All I know is that it reminds me of Christmas because my son was born in December, December 11th. And so I guess he sent something that was, you know, reasonable, warm, but yes, Christmas theme, and it was the cutest thing ever. And so, boom, okay, so we, we had, from 19 to 21, I was calling him, I was calling him his first name, because I wasn't comfortable yet with the whole dad thing, and you can understand that. And so, fast forward after that, I think I was trying to get to know my sisters, and I wanted to know my brother, and we became Facebook friends, and I mean, it was almost like dream come true, until I think my hit, the si- I want to say my oldest sister, but I'm the oldest. The sister that he had after me started to feel indifferent that she didn't know about me all these years. And she became angry, not at me, at him. And then the family, she's like, why is everything so secretive? I don't understand. You know, the man that I had, I just don't believe that he would have done that to you. And so I guess it started to build discord between the two of them. So she and her mother and all of them sat down and they just felt that it was best not to, not to have a relationship with me no more. So that meant totally cut me out the picture, taking me off of FaceTime. And I'm, I mean, or Facebook. And I mean, at this point, I'm Skyping my sister because that's what we had at that point. And I'm, you know, letting her speak to my son. And I'm like, this is your auntie. Say auntie. I mean, it was, it was there. It wasn't like I was causing issues like, you know, your father, blah, blah, blah. This is what I always wanted. So why would I do anything counter? You see what I'm going with that? Okay. So fast forward when she was just like, I can't talk to you anymore. It's causing issues in my family. It's kind of like he took suit. But I noticed that when I did talk to him, it would be about 4.50, 4.55 on a Friday at his job. And then he would, okay, well, I'm going on my way home. and Or I would try to call his cell phone, and his cell phone would be off. And I was just like, I don't understand. So I just got the hint, like, wow, you don't want to speak to me, but I'll back off, but I won't just disappear. Would try to make attempts, try to make attempts. It still didn't work. It was like, okay, just 
I, I, I guess. He'll see the voicemails and the texts at some point. I don't know. Then when my mother died at tw- my 26th birthday, he called and I just knew this would be a second chance because in my heart, I wanted to believe maybe he wasn't around because my mother, you know, we have an aggressive nature. And if he's anything like nanny, where it's avoidance and it's passiveness, that can be a little overwhelming. So now, and not to glorify, you know, all the passing, but I felt like now he has no excuse. She's not here anymore. My mother, right? Okay, let's keep moving forward. (laughs) No, it didn't make a difference. I remember driving down because I was pregnant. I got married after that with um, my daughter and all of that. I remember driving down from New York to Florida to, um, not, not to New York, Florida, New York to Georgia to see my uncle that lived here. Again, just like, man, one day I want to live here and I'm, I think I'm going to move down here because this is what I want to raise my family at. And I remember we were in speaking terms, but I remember telling, calling my father and saying, hey, on my way up back to New York, because we were driving, I would love to have a layover in Maryland so I can see you so that you can finally see your grandson and, you know, you can meet my family. And, you know, and he was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He assured me that, and I was so excited. I was like, okay, I, so I'm calling him. I said, I'll call you when I get within a certain amount of hours. You know, once you hit West Virginia, it's like you in there forever. So I just knew, okay, great. I'll be there eventually. Called him. And I was assumed that, well, maybe it's because it's late, you know. So I went ahead, had my whole family and my big pregnant self, got in the hotel, stayed over, whole thingamajig. Okay, cool. Played the phone game for 24 hours all the way to checkout time until I realized he wasn't picking up. Just so happened to call my sister. I said, I know that you don't want to speak to me, and I, and I get all that, but I'm trying to get in contact with your dad. You know, can you? And she was like, oh. Well, he's on his way picking up, and he was doing something way different. I was like, really? Because he's supposed to be meeting me. And she was like, yeah, no. And I was like, okay, I'll handle it. I don't want to get you involved. I just thought maybe because his phone's going straight to voicemail. I didn't know. Now that I think about it, he probably blocked me, but what have you. And it was at that moment that I realized, wow, um, I I mean, I guess it's a wrap. Went on to have my daughter. Um, I remember my aunt coming up super excited, his sister, my aunt, and he was on the phone, and so she was like, hold on, your dad wants to speak to you so because she still knows that I was trying to make contacts or whatever. And he was like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to send you a package. I had no reason to believe that he wouldn't because he did it for my son. Okay, cool. So we're going ahead and doing all that. And then I remember going through issues with my daughter's dad, and I called him for advice and like, hey, can you talk to him because I don't really know how to, you know, you, you, you're a married man, and can you blah, blah, blah. And then... It just went from possible it could be something great to like, oh, you're just really making this clear that you're not interested. Because once I moved to Georgia and started spending more time with my aunt, I moved down to Georgia when I was eight months pregnant with my daughter. Spending more time with my aunt, he stopped calling her because they were getting into rifts and what have yous about you know, she wasn't doing the, oh, she's over here, blah, blah. She was doing the, hey, yeah. No, that's, that's you know, that's her and her, her children in the background. And, you know, she was making it real known. Like, no, my, she's my family too. No, this is my niece. These are my great niece and great nephew and all that. And I'm not hiding it from you, brother, sir. So they got into a little feud and he stopped talking to her, which means that 
I guess anyone who was in close relation to me, he kind of also, you know, my grandmother would have to, she was still doing her normal, she's here, do you want me to call you back later? And all, on all of that. So fast forward all the way to me being 30. On my 29th birthday, and I told you this before, he pretty much was like, listen, he gave me this sob story about how he wants to do better and, you know, he's a good guy. And if he was, if anyone knew about me and what he's done, they would look at him like a monster, but he's not a monster. So he want to make things right. And I'm thinking he's getting ready to say, we're going to spend more time together. We're going to do this. And he was like, he needs a paternity test, which was mind blown because do you remember me saying he admitted they lost their virginities to each other? So I was like, who could you possibly think my father is? And he said, well, I kind of think it was the basketball player, Anthony Mason, because he was hanging around with your mom a lot. And I'm like, sir, Wesley Snipes complexion plus Wesley Snipes complexion, a.k.a. Anthony Mason, does not make my complexion. I mean, if nothing at all, please just look at the, the obvious. They're too dark, sir. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Are you trying yet another way? So I gave it to him. I said, cool, just make sure you do it before my 30th birthday. Whole year went by. I was just like, you know what, big dog, I'm good on you. I'm good on you. And so I went through all that just to give you some background to go ahead and let you know that if you or anybody else ever hears <laughs> uh, why my decision is such, it has nothing to do with my Christianity because I know that at some point somebody's going to go ahead and try to throw that in your face. You know how the Bible thumpers could be or you're supposed to forgive and you're supposed to. No, no, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to forgive in a way that you have no malice on your heart, in your heart for said person. I don't wish any ill, evil things on that man. I just wish him not to be in my life. Because as far as I'm concerned, 30 years is ample time. 30 years is ample time. And anything that exceeds where I'm at right now, to me, just means that A, he sees a benefit in knowing me now, whether it's success whether I raised a certain level of, you know, influence, whatever it is, at this point, I'm going to look at him like, yeah, but I don't get it. It's not going to really make any sense to me. Um, and I'm having this conversation again because I went ahead and asked myself the truthful question, but also because his grandmother, my great-grandmother, is in hospice right now as we're speaking. And I asked myself, I said, you know that you're connected to people that he's not connected to. So how do you handle that? I've already made the decision that um, there's just certain places I'm not going just because I don't feel, I don't know. It's almost like, like my grandfather, I know him, but I don't have a relationship with him. So to me, that wouldn't be somewhere I would go to pay my respects. I would acknowledge it. I would console my aunt and 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 whoever, my cousin, whoever else needs to, but he and I don't have a relationship, so it would be weird to me. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I don't want that to come off as a disrespect. I don't want it to come off as anything else, but I don't hone the go pay your respects even if you weren't close to someone or you didn't have some form of a relationship, and I don't know him. So to me, it's just like, oh, okay, but there are some people that my father's connected to, that I'm connected to, that I do know that I am close to. So I'm like, well, how would you handle that? And my truth is he would just be a regular person in the room. Honestly, 
I don't know if it's because I tried so much or if it's because I'm from New York and we have the mean on and off button, but my switch don't go on for him anymore. And there won't be another point in my life that I feel like I want to expend any other time to try to get to know him. At this point, my children are said age. I'm in a totally different healthy marriage. I've exceeded all that I can exceed and met milestones without him. I don't want to try to interject him into something that's already been made without him. I just, I don't. And so I wanted to be transparent in that only because I don't want you to ever feel like you have to make decisions that look good but aren't true to you. The Bible says, honor thy mother and thy father so thy days can be long. And so I get it. Now, one time in this conversation that I call this man a name, I don't feel the need to. I didn't disrespect him. I don't foul mouth him. My kids don't know nothing about him outside of what he did and did not do in my life. Minus the emotion. I don't really have it for him. So whether I get where I know God is going to bring me for Shribe and Inspire or whatever it is, I'm going to have to take a page from Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal's dad came around once he signed his first deal. And Shaquille O'Neal was like, "Mm, sorry for that man. Hit him with the Kiki Palmer. Like, I don't know that man. I'm sorry I never met that man. I'm sorry for that man. And to be honest with you, and I just want to let you know, because I don't even, it means something to me how you perceive me, but it doesn't mean something to me to put on an outfit or a coating that doesn't suit me. I want you to see me as a human who has flaws, who is learning through those flaws, who is teaching you and others through those flaws. But I don't want you to see me as, oh, but she's supposed to be making said decisions. No, no, no. The basis and the foundational piece for all of my decisions, I pinky promise you don't have to ever guess. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, will always be God, my family, and my truth. If it does not equate to those three things, then everything outside of it can have a nice day. I am willing to lose whatever to stand by my truth. And so my truth is, as far as my father's concerned, there's nothing to discuss. I have gone through all the, the motions the crying, the how come, the what about me's, the oh, I'm mad at him, I'm mad at my grandmother, doing all that. And I have arrived to the place of that's between him and God. And so if there's any decision that you're struggling with, I want you to come up with some foundational basis. You heard my three. Maybe you need to come up with a strong two, maybe one, whatever your number is. I choose three because three sharks and you're out. <laughs> if I can get to the third one and see it don't meet the criteria, then it's just nothing to talk about. That's just the way my, my mind works visually. What decision are you struggling with right now that may not be the best perceived on the outside, but it is your truth? I would much rather you live an inside-out life. Please don't live an outside-in Because while you're making peace with how everybody else thinks that you should do something and the decisions you should be making, while you're making everyone else feel that, you will never feel the peace inside. And so if I had to choose where I want peace to rest, it's always going to be within. I would love to give people pieces of my peace, but I'm not going to give and implant my entire piece on outside circumstances and perspectives. I'm not doing it. And so I wanted to just give you that because, again, I'm more than certain it's going to come up. 
But what about your father? Well, shouldn't you be forgiving him? Well, and the thing of the matter is, I'm so whole and at peace with where I'm at now that what I went through, I don't even have to explain. That's why I went through the trouble of giving you all that backdrop just now because as far as I'm concerned, I already said what I needed to say. He knows the truth. I know the truth. And so does God. And at this point, I think anybody would have made the decision that I, that I made. And I don't know this man enough to chase him. Like I told him very respectfully, as respectful as I could, if I take away the fact that you are my biological father, it looks like I chased a man for 30 years. And that's not me. I'm not chasing nobody but Jesus. <laughs> Real talk. I can't even. And the more that I mature and, and I kind of I, I sit in that, it feels like if that's your truth and you don't feel like you're sinning against God with that truth and that's the truth that best sits with your family and it doesn't affect them, I'm good. And I think you should come up with some perspectives that meet the same criteria. Don't you ever, ever have anybody making you feel like what you should do. Not if it don't feel true to you. No. And you know the difference between, yeah, they telling you something and you know better about you. Because <laughs> I did have someone tell me early on in, in my healing years, like, you need to start forgiving. And I was like, I'm not, you don't know what they did to me. And But I knew deep down, like, yeah, it's time. I just don't know how. And um, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So my challenge to you is, Come up with some foundational pieces for decision-making because it's not always going to be the, the easiest. You know, if I had to ask this question in a room full of people, how many people think I should try to give my father an opportunity to kind of, like, get to know me? It would probably be split decisions all throughout. That's your father. You need to know him. Forget him. He didn't want to know you. No, but the Bible says, yeah, but you know what? I know my father. I don't want you missing out on And it's like, you know what? No. And I went through all the circumstances. What if he asks for me on his deathbed? You know, what if he's in hospice and he's like, his last beckon thing is just to call the daughter he never knew. And I, I went through all of it. And I went through a virtual experience and still came out with, nah, I'm good. I wouldn't even do that emotionally to myself. Now, I know what you're thinking. Most of you are like, yeah, you say that now. But when you get into the situation, no, no, no. It, listen to me. I buried my mother. And, okay, um, buried my brother. Okay, I kind of know how I deal with death. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, this is not me saying, oh, when I get in the office, I'm going to say such and such and such and such, and I'm going to say all this and blah, blah, blah. And then you get there and you're like, ooh. Now, again, I'm not God. God may be like, you know what? I want you to go ahead and go to the hospice real quick because um, he's going to be the last face that you see. I'm sorry, the last face that he sees. <laughs> you know, I don't listen. That's between him and God. I'm trying to take away the torture chamber, but... Who knows? But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not doing the whole dying. I, I don't I don't even want to do that to myself. You know what kind of hole that would leave? I'm not doing that. That's just, mm-mm. I would rather, I, I buried him at 30. I buried him a couple of years ago. And it's rest in peace. And he's cremated. And I poured those ashes and I, I wanted to say toilet, but I'm trying to be respectful. Um, but I gave it to God. And I, like I do everything else. And I said, God, if I'm wrong, you'll let me know. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the stance. I'm not, my daughter would be like, who's that? Like Nobody knows you, sir. And at this point, you have nothing to offer me that I want to know. So that's my truth. 
and I spoke it the only way I know how to speak it from the heart and from nowhere else. That's just it. And mark my words, if it ever comes a time that is a, okay, now's the time to get to know her. I gave him 30 years, 30, not 30 hours, not minutes, not weeks, not months, years. That means 365 times three zero, put the line, get the number, ridiculous. And if he meant something to me, I would have chased 30 more, but I seen that he was adding more emotional trauma to me than what he was adding. So the ratio didn't add up. So I was done. I'm going to walk that truth. I'm going to sit in that truth. No matter how unpopular it is, no matter how many people, oh, I didn't know she was that kind of person. I'm not following her no more. I'm not going to listen to her no more. I'm not going to, but I'm never going to hide my truth from you. So if I lose people from me being authentic, I'm cool with that. I'm just not okay with people being cool and I'm, and I'm in turmoil inside. I'm not cool with that. So I think you got what you needed. If anything else, it was just for me. You know how you're just waiting for that platform to just, ah, oh, I want to tell my truth, but I want to do it respectfully. I'm going to write a book about his whole situation. I really am. I want to turn it into a movie or something. Cause it's like what he did is like, bro, he did that. Yes. Between him and my mother, God bless them. But you know what? As far as I'm concerned, both of my parents are buried. And it's okay because I gained a heavenly father. And and I sit in that truth, and that is just so, he's such a great dad. And as long as he's happy with me, then I feel great. I feel great. But as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and come up with, the, you know, what needs to be come up with. I was going to say it's a life, life-provoking conversation, but I kind of feel like it was more provoking for me. But again, go ahead and do the challenge. I'll speak to you later because I want to talk to you about something in relation to him again. And then that's the last time we're speaking about him as far as I'm concerned, okay? All right, but you'll be good. Stay by your phone. I'm going to call you back probably like 30 minutes, okay? All right, later. <laughs>